for Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, public health experts worry a number of missteps by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has hurt the agency's reputation and the U.S. response to COVID-19. The question will always be, how much different would this have been if there had not been these issues in early March where uh, we had our premier disease-fighting institution placed in a, in a supporting role? Johnny Edwards, investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, has been speaking to people inside and outside the CDC about its pandemic response. He'll join us to share what he's heard. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. In the early days of the pandemic, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the nation's top public health agency, was the face of the U.S. response to the coronavirus. The agency led regular calls with the press to provide updates on COVID-19, featuring top scientists working on the situation. But then those stopped. That and a series of key missteps has led to the CDC seeming sidelined, and even people inside the agency worry its reputation has been damaged. Johnny Edwards has been speaking with some of them. He's an investigative reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and he joins me now for more. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for talking with me. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. So I want to start by talking about some of these early press calls that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention were doing for the public, because I think they get to a theme that you write about in your latest piece about the CDC, that agency seeming to be out of step with the White House. Um, I'm thinking of one call in particular I remember being on where a top CDC official, this was Dr. Nancy Messonnier, said essentially that COVID-19 was an inevitability, but that's not necessarily what the White House came out and said after that. So, so talk to me a little bit about what happened there. Well, when this pandemic first began, if you recall, the White House's message was very much that we have this under control. This is not going to be a big deal. We're going to keep the numbers where they are. You know, if you look at what the statistics became, that's uh, almost tragically laughable in retrospect. In the early days of the pandemic, the CDC was very much playing the role that it did in past epidemics and pandemics. Um, when, like, for example, H1N1 uh, in 2009 or Ebola during the mid-2010s, and all of those that CDC kept in regular contact with the public, sort of being the voice of science, the voice of logic, 
telling the public about what they knew, the evolving science, the search for a vaccine. And with coronavirus, it was doing the same thing until March 9th. And that's, uh, you know, from reporting by national media, uh, it seems to have confirmed that that had to do with that call you just referred to, uh, Dr. Messonnier, when she said that a pandemic was inevitable and it was no longer a question of if, but when and how many people would be affected or something to that effect. It was shortly after that call that the president did pay the CDC a visit. And that gets us to another theme that you've covered is kind of how CDC director Robert Redfield, his relationship with the White House. So at that visit, the the president kind of downplayed this pandemic in our country. And in the presence of the CDC director, he also said some things that just weren't true, like anyone who wanted to test could get one. But that wasn't something that Redfield questioned at the time, right? Talk, talk to me a little about that. No, he didn't. The president said several things during that visit that were questionable, that being one of them, you know, that anyone who wants a test can get a test. And at, at that point, there were serious issues with, with tests and the availability of them. Um, he also said that he would prefer that the passengers not get off the cruise ship because they would affect U.S. statistics. Then he said some other things that were you know, arguably unprofessional. He lashed out at the governor of Washington. He made the comment that he has a natural ability to understand medicine, and he could have gone into that field had he not run for president. You know, and there was a litany of things like that. But I think the, the key thing that, that Redfield did not step up and correct was this idea that everybody could get a test. Um, that was just patently untrue. And I think really says something to have our nation's top public health official be within earshot and really be in the same shot as the president saying something like that and and not speaking up about it in the moment. Right. And as one of the former CDC employees that I interviewed, Bruce Winninger, stated, he said that any past CDC director he had worked for would have walked off camera or something like that. You know, I don't know how accurate that is, but, but that was his sentiment. The agency itself has has made some kind of missteps when we think about their actual response to this pandemic. I think maybe the biggest one of those is their rolling out of testing for people who may not be fully aware of kind of what happened and maybe how it was um, botched, we'll say. Walk us through what happened with testing. That was a serious error. It had to do with contamination in a lab and um, a certain number of tests that went out to these state labs had a problem. Um, there was three controls in the test, you know, to make sure that the test was accurate. One of them was malfunctioning, so that the tests were coming back positive when they weren't or negative when they weren't. So it, it took the CDC weeks to figure out what was wrong, and in the, in the interim, these state labs were sort of paralyzed. They didn't know what to do with the tests. This is in February when the virus is really gaining a foothold in the country and spreading. Finally, the, the CDC figured out the issue and One thing CDC pointed out to me was in the interim, CDC was still conducting its own tests, but this, um, there's just, there's just no doubt that, that this set the country back. Um, there was other things that the CDC has been accused of that are probably unfair because they've, you know, the evolving guidelines, the evolving knowledge of this. Well, with everything going on, that kind of dovetailed into creating some mistrust, I believe, in the public, but that's just how science works. I mean, science evolves. This is an unknown, unknown virus that, humanity had never dealt with before, and they're learning things as they go. I mean, I, I would certainly prefer scientists be on, honest, you know, and tell us what they know and that they were previously wrong, and now we believe this is right. It's no secret that public health in this country at the state 
and the federal level hasn't been well funded in the past. And so, I mean, are, are these issues that, that could have been fixed or potentially we could have been more prepared for this situation had the agency had more resources? Well, we'll never know. But I, I think what is clear is that the, the CDC was sort of placed in a corner, marginalized. This is, I think, one of the most stark examples was that, um, you know, there was this uh, four-part mitigation plan that called for, uh, you know, canceling schools and mass gatherings, quarantining, social distancing, and aggressive testing. And um, that was put off because, uh, reportedly, because President Trump went into that rage over Dr. Messonnier and and that uh, call you referred to, um, and that sort of, you know, the coronavirus task force became shy about giving it to him. And and, uh, Dr. Redfield was part of that task force, so he was aware of this. But a pair of epidemiologists from London have calculated that if those guidelines had been put out just two weeks earlier, it would have saved tens of thousands of lives. You know, they said 90% of the deaths in the first wave could have been prevented. I mean, that is absolutely huge. You actually have spoken with people working inside the CDC. Talk to me a little bit about the people you've been able to get in touch with on the inside. Right, right. Well, I spoke to several former employees who not only told me their feelings, but also told me about what they're hearing from the people that still work there that they're still in contact with. I made uh, lots of attempts to talk to people directly inside the CDC. None of them would agree to go on the record. There were two employees who did agree to speak to me through uh, Dr. Colin Smith, who is a uh, clinical assistant professor at Georgia State University and also the past president of the Georgia Public Health Association. So using his credibility, we were able to speak to them uh, with the assurance that these are CDC employees and that they were communicating their sentiments directly from within the CDC. How did this look to them? I mean, certainly the agency has received a lot of outside criticism, but the people you spoke to on the inside, what did they think of this whole situation? Well, what they reflected was very troubling. They talked about low morale. They talked about that they're being interfered with, that their work is being censored. I mean, these were very candid comments that we felt was very important to present to the public. They talked about, you know, uncomfortable conversations with their own family and friends. They talked about uh, their work being reviewed and even compromised. It was pretty incredible. Despite the fact that the CDC is in our backyard here in Atlanta, it is not easy to talk to people who work there on the record. So talk with me a little bit about just kind of the work that you put into getting in touch with these people, because I think there's this assumption that, oh, the CDC is easy to cover. It's easy to talk to people who work there because there are potentially so many of them here. But that's simply not the case. Well, it's not that it's difficult to talk to them. It's difficult for them to agree to go on the record. These are people who are dedicated to public health, dedicated to science, dedicated to epidemiology and so forth. And they they feel very strongly about the CDC's mission, and they're not ready to to resign or quit and and go public. But at the same time, in this case, they feel deeply troubled about what they're seeing, about what's going on, and they wanted to get that message out. So like I said, I made the you know several attempts to to, to speak to people, you know, both through intermediaries such as health experts or professors. The bottom line was, you know, no one wanted to go on the record even even as an anonymous employee. But these two did, this arrangement through Dr. Colin Smith did work out. So I think they believe very strongly in the CDC and they believe very strongly in protecting public health. You know, that was one of the comments I got from one of those, those two employees who talked through Dr. Smith was that typically when they respond to a, an epidemic like this, you know, even though it's a serious, grim issue, it was also exhilarating. You know, I got an adrenaline rush to be 
swooping in to try and save lives. But this has been completely different. This has just been deflating. It's been humiliating and uh, extremely disappointing. The CDC is a is a very large agency, and you've even if you have spoken with lots of people off the record, I'm sure I've only touched a very small percentage of people who work there. I mean, what do you make of that? Well, of, of course, that's true. There's uh, thousands of employees in the CDC, and, and I'm not going to pretend to have polled them all. But the, this isn't the first time we've heard these sentiments coming out. I mean, there was several anonymous workers there who spoke to CNN uh, several weeks ago and, and said, you know, gave a very similar account. Several of the, the public health experts I interviewed for the story, you know, told me that they're hearing the same things out of the CDC, that mor- morale is very low. Um, and we've had, you know, and, and not to mention those leaks to the Associated Press about the, the guidelines being being edited. I mean, clearly there is extreme dissatisfaction within the agency with uh, what they perceive as meddling by the uh, by the Trump administration. And what did the CDC um, and its top officials have to say about your reporting? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you reached out to them. So what kind of response did you get? A spokesman who I spoke to said that I was probably talking to employees who were just tired and weary and, and fed up with the review process. They say that uh, Dr. Redfield has not been marginalized, that he is part of the coronavirus task force and he's regularly giving input. And Dr. Redfield gave me a written statement. He declined an interview request, but did give me a written statement saying that, of course, he backs the mission of the CDC and his He's uh, totally behind the public health mission, and I don't think they like the story, obviously. Uh, the, the feedback I got was that they, they felt it was uh, too slanted against uh, Dr. Redfield. But um, my response to that was, given all the various voices I've heard on this, the people I reached out to who uh, have no reason to lie, that uh, to present this any other way would be disingenuous. From the public health experts that you spoke to, a number of whom used to work at the CDC, what what were their takes on kind of why this matters? I mean, are there kind of larger implications for um, the CDC losing a little bit of its good reputation? This is a battle we're involved in where our, our biggest weapon is science. And the CDC is our number one scientific defense line against this disease and against pandemics of every type. So they're extremely concerned that the CDC might be compromised or marginalized, and uh, they feel that it's crippled our response to this crisis. They keep saying in, in past issues like this, the CDC has been the leader, has been the voice, has been on the, on the, you know, out front talking to the public about this, and now they're not. And, uh, and, and we've got, you know, our, our nation has not exactly shined in our, our response to cr- the coronavirus. So you know, that, I think that's the concern, is that we're not fighting this the way we could be to our best ability. For an agency like the C- CDC, this coronavirus pandemic was like the Super Bowl, and they've been, uh, I'm not sure if they're on the bench, but they're certainly relegated to the, to the backfield on special teams. You know, it's not, you know, when they, they ought to be on the front lines. I wonder what you make of the fact that in this kind of highly polarized time when everything potentially becomes political. It seems like the CDC has as well. Talk to me just about kind of the implications of that. Well, the, the Trump administration had a strong, strong interest in getting the economy reopened. Um, that, that was the main concern was that this is going to destroy the economy. And of course, you can, it, it may have, but you can you know, extrapolate that. To, that would also translate to uh, lessened chances in November for reelection. So when you've got this, this CDC, a scientific agency that looks only looks at, at facts and nuts and bolts saying, 
you know, we're going to have a pandemic. We've got a serious problem here. We don't even totally understand this thing. Um, you know, that's, that gets in the way of the message that I think the administration wanted to, to give to the American public. Is, is this something that people generally feel the CDC can recover from? Well, I, I think what I, what I heard from the people in the know and the experts was that it, it can recover if it, if it starts to turn around now. I mean, now the CDC is being allowed to resume some sort of briefing. I was told by the spokesman that they might be doing it at a rate of about once every two weeks, that they've got preliminary approval from uh, Health and Human Services to do that. So, um, you know, that's, that's better than nothing. It's certainly not anywhere near the level of what uh, the former director, Dr. Tom Frieden, did during the Ebola situation. But um, you know, now, now, is, now is the time when everyone would be looking closely to see if CDC can turn this around and return to the type of leadership role it's had in the past. I mean, it is still issuing guidance, which um, I get the feeling is starting to be listened to and starting to be taken uh, seriously again. But you know, the question will always be, how much different would this have been if that had been the case from the very beginning? I mean, if there had not been these issues in early March where uh, we had our premier disease-fighting institution placed in a, in a supporting role, what would our statistics be? What might the situation have been? How deep would we be in this? I mean, we'd certainly still be in it, but would we be in it to the level that we are? I think that's the real tragedy here. Johnny Edwards is an investigative reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. You can reach us with questions, comments, or controversy at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WAB yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wab.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.